That's the noise that he should have made when that thing fucking spiked him in the chest! He should have yawned. I thought that sounded like pain. No, it just sounded like you were stretching and or tired. Well, he should have sounded like he was in pain. I thought he sounded like he was in a lot of pain. Personally. I mean, he was just sort of gritting his teeth and whatnot. Anyways, hi, how are you? This is America. That's James. That's America. I'm not doing your weird shit. I'm not playing your game. What? You suck. And this is City Wave Cinema, and we suck at cold opens if you're new here. That's not true. We are experts. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um... Today we watched A Knight's Tale, which is one of my personal favorite, all-time favorite movies ever. It's so good. Except I just want to go to RenFest now, and I haven't been to RenFest. Three years now, isn't it? Uh, yeah, since we moved to Texas and before COVID and all this shit. I just want to go back and have a turkey leg. And watch some people do way worse jousting than what is in this movie. Was there, was there a Renfest before this movie came out? I'm assuming so. I feel like Renfests have been around for. Was it? Did it look the same? Because this movie just looked like one long Renfest. I feel like. I, well, I know for a fact. I can't speak for all Renfests, but at least the one we went used to go to in Colorado, I know did take like heavy inspiration from. A Knight's Tale, like they do We Will Rock You before Joust and things like that. But I don't know about the rest of the world. I'll look up when Renfest started. Yeah, do that. Um, So I had never seen A Knight's Tale. And if I'm honest, it was pretty good. It, it, it wasn't bad writing. I mean, it was kind of tropey, but... When it was written, it wasn't tropey because they hadn't invented those tropes yet. So it's tropey now, but it, I don't think it was when it got made. Um, I have an answer to your question. Okay, what's the, go ahead, what's the answer? The first true Renaissance Fair, as we know them today, was the Renaissance Pleasure Fair of Southern California in 1962. The Renaissance Fair is older than my father. It was a fun, one-off fundraiser event for a local radio station. But it has grown into a massive, massive festival that attracts a quarter of a million visitors annually just to the Southern California one. So there you go. That's wild. Yeah. Guess we got to go to that one, too. That'd be fucking amazing. We got to go to the one out here in Texas, then we got to go to that one. We got to go back to the Colorado one. There's like three in Texas. That is a lot. So. Anyways, A Knight's Tale. Now that we're done talking about Renfest. Because I don't have a lot of, like, criticisms of the movie. Um, That's I, a first. I started by taking note of, like, what was happening when I made a comment. But then it stopped being criticisms and just started being just, like, generic commentary. And so I stopped keeping track of when things were happening because... Eh? I mean, it, most most of my commentary is very clearly indicative of what's happening in the movie. So, to start, this is the earliest I've ever seen Alan Tudyk in a movie. He is as ginger as they come. And he's amazing. I love Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk plays a character called Watt. Who's who's amazing. (laughs) Funny, but 
What? What is you? Yeah. He's an angry. I threaten <laughs> violence at every opportunity. And he's fu he he's funny. And he's funny. It's me. Now, I want to talk about another medieval movie briefly. Robin Hood Men in Tights. Excellent movie, too. Also an excellent movie. I wish to God I could stream it somewhere because it's so fun. Um, Dave Chappelle plays effectively Watt's character. Well, he plays Watt and uh, uh, Chaucer combined. Now, um, we begin the movie with uh, Watt... Our protagonist, Heath Ledger, and uh, their other friend... What's his fucking name? I don't remember it. Is that on... Hulu. Hulu? Yeah. You have to sign into my Hulu so I can watch the movie while I'm at work. Um, damn it all. What's... Is it Crandall? Who are you talking about? Grundle? Grimbob? What are you talking about? The other guy. There's Watt... There's William. Roland? Roland! Yeah, it you just were... sounds like Grindle. Yeah, sounds yeah, just like Grindle. Yeah. Uh, their pages, or uh, not pages, their squires, if you will, uh, for the knight Sir Ector. And we just open with Sir Ector's fucking corpse uh, because Sir Ector is dead. And there's not really an indication as to how he died, but they do hint that maybe he shit himself to death, which is... Hilarious, and also he died of dysentery, and you just can't do that. You just can't die of dysentery. Uh, Lots of people did do that. Shh, we're not talking about them. We're talking about this. Um, so they they need Sir Ector to compete in the tournament. Blah blah blah. And so the, William gets a bright idea that oh fuck it, I'll suit up. And so they get him all locked in hesitantly. Uh, and he rides in the tournament for the joust, and he gets his shit kicked in in the joust, but he wins swords, if I recall correctly. No. He won the joust. Did he win that joust? Yeah. Because he only had to get one point. Right. He did both at Ruin, and then, yes. Yeah, he, he basically, <laughs> as long as he stayed on his horse for that last yeah. go, he would win, because the real knight took all, got all the points. Yeah. Um, there was a knight that wore a duckbill visor at the beginning of the credits right there while they were doing a sweeping pan over of the tournament. And, uh, fucking A, is that helmet ugly? I hated that, and that's my first criticism of the movie, is that that is terrible. And a horrible, inefficient design. And I just hate it with every fiber of my being. Uh, another... Early 2000s movie that used the 80s and 90s pop and rock as the soundtrack. Stretching as far back as the 70s to pick up Queen. Did you uh, read the trivia as to why they did that, though? Yes, which is actually... like I like that it was intentional like that, because I don't think other movie producers would do the same thing. So, in the trivia on IMDb, take that with a grain of salt. Who knows if it's real or not, but I like to think that it is. Um... The music producer for the film, or the music, the guy in charge of the music, opted to use uh, modern songs in place of what would effectively be like medieval music uh, for the time period, because he felt it would showcase the audience into a place where they are more emotionally connected to the film. 
because of the music. Just like if someone heard those old, old Renaissance songs back in the day, they would also feel that emotional connection to that music because it was the new music of the time. So it was a, a fun little way to draw in today's audience to the right emotional space to experience the film, which is really cool. What other movies do this? What are you asking? What other movies do the, the modern modern music in a not modern setting? I mean, Cinderella, which we talked at length right, about. Right, but that sucked. Moulin Rouge. That didn't suck. Um, there's lots of them that do that, but I, I do remember A Knight's Tale being like... A Knight's Tale is good. One of the first to employ that, and just to like... I mean, playing We Will Rock You such like an anthem and gets a crowd hyped up and that like that's the, what the music did for them back then, like at the start of the festival. And that's what he wanted to showcase was like, was that emotion and how people reacted to the music back then by using our own music to get us that way now, which is cool. I actually, I wrote a note because they played We Will Rock You as uh, William is lining up for his joust and they run the guitar solo. They run Brian May's guitar solo. Uh, and they give you a shot of a guy with one of those long horns. And he's just standing there, puffed cheeks, blowing on it. And it's, it's like, the, I wrote the note was that the audacity that this movie wants to, like, not, even, like, tongue-in-cheek convince me that this rocking guitar solo is coming from this trumpet player <laughs> is outrageous and i will not stand for it but it was hilarious anyways um it was at this joust when he got his helmet knocked off yes mm -mm. no it's when he first fights well, he got punched in the helmet his helmet bent in yes he didn't get it knocked off though i i claimed that he had an enormous concussion and could not function in the same way that he was actually functioning upon receiving a javelin a joust a javelin is it a javelin i think that well no it's a lance a lance upon receiving a blunted lance to the forehead um it's called a lance Hello. Uh, i see that yes uh i really liked that they ran with that stoving in of his faceplate because it not only helps him conceal his identity but the the visual gags that you can do when you do something very simple, like you go into a scene and go, well, what if he couldn't see? And you just try to run the scene, like, what if he couldn't see? And everyone just has to run with that? That's hilarious. And I wish more things, especially modern movies, re relied on simple gags to get their laughs, rather than convoluted stuff. I still like convoluted stuff all the time, but... Just to see the simple gag of, like, a 30 to 45 second bit where he can't see and he needs his friends around him to help him lie, basically, is just so good. Very, very funny. Um, uh, the, of course, he wins, so he looks off into the distance and he you just see his face and obviously it reads like, oh, he's had a taste of glory and now he would like more tastes of glory. Uh... And then I wrote, how is there not a real cash prize for winning? 
Oh, instead of these golden emblems. Yeah, what is this whole system where the economy of jousting tournaments is that you get a token of some sort? A trophy. Yeah, what the fuck is that? How do you not just win money? How is that not the thing that happened back then? And I don't, I don't know if it did or didn't, but it in this I have movie, to know now. in this movie, in this universe, they want you to understand that when you win the tournament, you don't get money, you get a thing that is maybe worth money, kind of. And they set the bar really low because he gets this golden feather thing with a jewel in it uh, on this pillow, and they win and they take it and they go to trade it to this random traveling guy who gives them like fifteen silver for it, which to me feels like. It's all gold, and the the jewel in it is only worth 15 silver? That feels whack, at the very least. Anyways. Uh, Prizes were not monetary, but often in the form of a token, such as a brooch or belt, which might still be considered a considerable value. A talking parrot and a large fish have also been recorded as tournament prizes. A live fish? A large fish. A large fish. A large fish? Yeah. Why? Who's competing in that? What is the... What? At least that was historical accurate. They generally won tokens. I mean, okay. That's fucking wild to me. Which you um, could then sell to people or Sure, the but gold that's down. fucking crazy. Um, then we proceed to do an early 2000s film training montage. Because all of the eighty or all of the early two thousands movies need a training montage of some sort, uh, and we get Heath Ledger doing pretend jousting and other nightly activity uh, as fucking backwoods as you can make it, literally, Li- very literally backwoods, uh, because they have a month to train for the tournament in ruin. Uh, and so then they head out to ruin, and our, our three heroes run into a very naked Paul Bettany. My note says, why is Paul Bettany very, very naked on my screen? Because I did not ask for that, but here it is. Uh, and... That was his first day on set. Yes. Once again, I don't know why I took these notes. Uh, because they don't mean mean anything, really. Uh, Chaucer, very addicted to gambling. Uh, this is, in fact, Geoffrey Chaucer, a prominent author in the time period. So James had to be told. I did have to be told that, because I don't know who the fuck that is. And I've never read the Canterbury Tales. Fun fact uh, that I learned from the trivia, and I just wanted to talk about it because I like Chaucer. Um... But there is a gap in Chaucer's history where historians, for a whole year, where historians just don't know where he was or what he was doing. And this movie was supposed to take place in that year. And this is what Chaucer was doing for that year was, quote unquote, serving as a... As a herald to a backwoods knight. Yep. Um, I wrote the note, Stop Singing Sir Ulrich von Lichtenstein. Oh, yes, that's because he's riding through a, uh, alley and is just singing poorly and making up the words poorly, which catches the eye of our heroine, who is not really a heroine, more just like a lady. 
of some notable wealth, uh, who goes by the name Jocelyn. Uh, he follows her in one of the most incredibly unattractive hats I've ever seen. Uh, and my note says, what an incredibly unattractive hat that woman was wearing. There's no way our hero, Heath Ledger, will fall instant at Oops, and he fell in love. She had a pretty face. She was clean in a time where everyone else was dirty. She was clean. That's enough. And and she had on a hat that was very white. That's enough in that time period. It It's not a good hat, but it was a very white hat. Uh, my next note is, have you ever been so horny you rode a horse into a church? Because Heath Ledger was, briefly, that horny. Uh, this movie has a love-hate relationship with Heath Ledger being, like, unrealistically horny and then super anti-horny. And it, it, that's probably the most unrealistic thing to me, uh, is how William went and he flip-flops every fucking other scene of being... This hopeless romantic who is so in love all the time to this horrible rage macho monster who just scorns the earth women walk on. I'm not that bad. <laughs> I'm no don't get me wrong. I I flip-flop, but I don't scorn the earth you walk on. That's true, but you do have a flip-flop between like Rage and like hopeless romantic. Okay, but I live in this sphere and I dabble in that one. I live in the hopeless romantic sphere and I dabble in rage. I think viewers of this stream would care to disagree. I don't think you dabble in the rage circle at you all. You know, I might live in the rage circle and I don't dabble think in you the live. I think you swing back and I, forth. It doesn't matter. This is a movie and Heath Ledger can't fucking decide whether he's horny or not. Um, they get to ruin. Chaucer gambles away all his clothes again. Uh, and they have to go get him. And he's tied up. And they're like, William decides to give Chaucer a chance, even though Chaucer threw him under the bus. And man, oh man, it just... I don't know why you would do that. I wouldn't. You gave him a chance to not be an insane person when you brought him here, and then he was an insane person again. You ever have an addiction, James? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so William wins at Ruin, and uh, my note says, uh-oh, he's got more glory, and he's going to want more more glory, uh, which is true. And then I, he he didn't he didn't even like win at ruin yet when I made that note. He just won the first round of the sword fighting because then there's a montage of all the rest of the shit he did that day, which was jousting, then sword fighting, then jousting, then sword fighting, then jousting, then sword fighting, and a motherfucker didn't lose until the end when he lost the joust. And was not crowned king of the tournament, but was crowned king of the joust. Swords. Yes. Can't fucking speak, which is bad for a podcast. Um, and he got he got his fucking armor broke in that last joust round. And man, he 
is going to armorers like, I can pay you after I win more. And they're like, how about you fuck off? Which makes sense. No services without money. Uh, and then the other armorers derisively point him in the direction of a female blacksmith, which is dope. Uh, She's my favorite. Also, not historically accurate even a little bit, I don't think. Check, check to see, because I would be super, super impressed to see full-fledged female blacksmiths they were in female the pirates. They're be female blacksmiths. I mean, maybe. I can see it being a real thing. Anyways, uh, he goes to her, and she's same deal. Money first, and then he rolls a nat 20 on his charisma check. Uh, and mildly goads her into fixing it because he said the other armors didn't even bring up that she was a woman. They just brought up that her armor is shit. Which is very smart to not bring up the fact that she is a woman because that's what she's indignant about. And uh, that's why it's a nat 20 charisma check. That's my note. It was not until 1890... That women were credited with the occupation of blacksmith. 1890? But that was just credited. Small numbers of women worked in the metal industry for a very long time. Well, that's cool. Um, so more tournament stuff goes on. Uh, and then Rufus Sewell appears. He is <sighs> going to be our villain for the day. And God damn it, I like Rufus Sewell. A super tremendous actor. Uh, only ever, as far as I've seen him in movies, plays bad guys, which is just disappointing to me because I just want to see him win something for once. They were mostly widowed wives that worked in blacksmithing earlier than that, as early as the 14th century. Wow. But they were mainly widowed wives looking to, and they would just work next to male blacksmiths. Lame, it but was, okay. It was, well, you, I mean, women can't own businesses, but. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um. Rufus Sewell sits down near Jocelyn and explains to her the rules of the joust, because Jocelyn doesn't know the rules of the joust. Mansplaining. Uh, and he, my note is that Rufus Sewell is rude for mansplaining, but goddamn is he magnificent, because his voice just lulled me in, and I was like, this is terrible, but I'm so enthralled. Yeah, except you didn't remember any of the rules later. And I, I was enthralled! I was enthralled! <laughs> what do you want from me? You, you fell for the mansplaining. You were just like, yes, pretty man, tell me more things. Exactly! He's pretty, his voice is incredible, and so I was impressed. Now, Chaucer has been enlisted to be the herald for our hero. Uh, and so wherever he goes, he gets announced, and that's Chaucer's whole deal. Uh, and he is just, like, exceptional at working the crowds. Uh, he knows exactly what to say to get everyone listening and paying attention and loving on him. Uh, and he just starts by spinning a fucking web of lies. Just a deep, deep web of bullshit to give validity to William, who is now riding under the name Sir Ulrich, of Licht or Ulrich von Lichtenstein of Gelderland. Uh, which is... Apparently a real knight. A, not only was it a real knight, but he's the guy who invented courtly love. And fuck that guy. Courtly love and chivalry. Fuck that guy two times. Courtly love. Aww. Aww. Sorry. We've been to Ren Fair once or twice. Maybe one too many times. Um, and he just kept winning 
fucking tournaments. And I wrote a note. I was like, my guy's got to lose at some point. Otherwise, the plot will not continue to plot and we will run out of plot. Uh, he did not. He did not lose. Uh, but then Rufus Sewell kept breaking jousting rules that I was aware of, but it turns out I was not aware of jousting rules, so who knows if he did or didn't, uh, and it was upsetting. I was probably just wrong. Um, eventually, the Jocelyn wants to know what colored tunic William is wearing to a banquet post a day of tournamenting. Uh, and William wants to get the fuck out of Dodge so he can prep for the next tournament that's in a week. Uh, because now that he's had a taste of success, he has formed a full-fledged addiction, and he will not be satiated by anything other than either full horny or competitive success. Now, the reason that I am not that bad is because I will never have competitive success, and I occupy half horny at all times. So... <laughs> Slightly better than the protagonist of this movie, who is either red hot or ice cold. I live at a tepid medium. Um, Chaucer is the only useful person in the team, but now Ferris is going to be useful as well because she's going to teach his ass how to dance because he needs to learn how to dance. Because he doesn't know how to dance because he's a peasant. Peasants don't know how to dance. At least not royal dancing. You can peasant dance, but you'll look like a peasant while you dance. Do you want to look like a peasant while you dance? You don't want to look like a peasant while you dance with the royals. And then there was a terrible, awful, no good scene where they did dancing. And they were doing flirting. And it was awful to watch. And I hated every second of it. But it's like that on purpose, so I can't fault it for being like that. I just hated it. Every second of it while they were there was truly terrible. The dancing was bad. The song was mediocre. The jabs at William were bad. And everything sucked and it was awful. Uh, in my notes, in order, go like this. Is this how flirting is supposed to be? You wouldn't know. Oh, Jesus Christ, we have to dance now and improvise. Wow, wow, they all became synchronized dancers in three minutes. Is this how dancing works? This freeform section of the Gelderland dance feels very disco, as it was, in fact, very disco. And that was the whole scene. And the dancing, it just, it so belonged, and it was so fitting, and I'm sure lots of people were entertained <laughs> by it, but goddammit, did I not enjoy myself. Uh, I did ask if Rufus Sewell was ever a good guy in a movie. Ferris finds out. Ferris, by the way, that's the name of our female blacksmith, in case you didn't know. Kate. Uh, Kate her first Ferris. Name. Yeah. Uh, she finds out that uh, our boy William, who's been winning all these tournaments, his armor's not even made for him. And she takes that as like a personal affront for reasons. Uh, and sets out to make his ass some armor. And she makes him Nike armor. Is that what you're going to call it? Yeah, she put the Nike swoosh on it. There's two of them. It's a different Two symbol. Nike swooshes. It's not a different symbol. It's two very clear-cut Nike swooshes. 
But if you put them together, are they... Then it's just Nike twice! <laughs> Nike spent a gajillion dollars to have their logo in the movie, so they etched it into his armor. Are you serious? I don't know. I was like, I don't think that's fact. Listen, it's product placement. That is in the in the trivia, that it is product placement, and it is confirmed a Nike swoosh. I don't know how what? many bajillions of dollars they paid to have that in there, but they contributed to the budget of the movie so they could get their fucking logo in there somewhere, and what? they put that shit on his armor twice. No way. They did it! How can you deny that it's a Nike? It's not a Nike swoosh. It is a Nike swoosh. I just didn't know it was actual product placement. Well, they couldn't put it in there and not have it be product placement. You can't just rip their fucking logo. Nike will sue you out of existence. That's like a that's a whole trademark thing. You can't fucking do that. I just that's didn't... like reacting to someone's song on YouTube for content and farming money from it. I didn't know it was actually a Nike swoosh. Like, yes, it's a Nike swoosh. I there are two of them. I learned new things. Uh, my note on it is that branding in films has always been hilarious, but the Nike swoosh is one of my least favorite. I, it, I, so, I, maybe it's because I dislike large corporations in general, but fucking seeing the Nike swoosh etched into his armor just made me go, God damn it, why? Why couldn't it have been... I don't know any other company at all. It's shipped from Jeffrey Bezos. It has the Amazon logo a fucking, on it. A, a fucking A. They're like, your name's not starting with an A. I don't understand. That'd be hilarious. Anyways, the fucking, he gets all up in his armor and they run a test on his armor to see if it's any good. Uh, because he's convinced it's too small, it's too tight, it does, it's, it's bad, it's, it's not too good, lightweight. it's bad. It won't protect me. So they hit him with a block of wood. Like a battering ram. They run at him with wood. And they slam him in the chest with wood. And he gets knocked backwards like five feet into a hay bale. And they go, are you good? And he goes, I didn't even feel anything. Overjoyed that he was wrong about this woman. So then they go to the next joust. And who is it? Is this the first time he jousts the prince? This is the only time he jousts the prince, but yes. Okay. So Prince Edward. the Prince Edward who is next in line to be king of England, is at this tournament in particular. Under the disguised name of uh, Sir Thomas Coville, which is also a real knight from forever ago. Uh, and Chaucer gets up with William, prepping him for the joust, and he uses the age-old coaching strategy of Hey, that guy's a real piece of shit. You should hit him really hard like the piece of shit he is. And fucking William levels this guy. You're confusing your fights. Am I? Yeah, because he first... There's so many jousts, okay? Like, uh, if you took all the jousts... They tell him to... F they tell him to forfeit the one with the prince. Because they figure out it's Prince Edward. No, the first time... No, 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 no. 
Yes. The, no. The, the first time he jousts the prince, that the prince comes up and he goes, I'm finished. That's not the prince. Yes, it is. That was a different person. No. Yes. It's the prince. It's, it's the fucking prince. He has the same scar on his eye and he's got the same fucking face mask. What the fuck are you talking about? It's the same guy. That's why he pardons him at the end. And he says, for the kindness you've shown me. No. Yes. Yes, that's him. That's the guy. It's not. It is. It's the same fucking guy. What are you fucking talking about? Would you like me to pull up a list? You're gonna have to because you've gotta be shown that you're wrong! William jousts a man who's got a weird face mask on his helmet and the guy gets hurt in the joust and he comes up and he goes, Hey! Ouch! I'm through, but I've never not finished my joust. So they do a draw. Then he withdraws from the tournament. And William gets to proceed. Later in the movie, he jousts the prince again. And he's told to forfeit, so he does. James, I'm telling you, you're wrong. Uh... I'm not fucking wrong. I'm trying to find, like, just a basic list, but I might just have to pull up the scene. Hang on. Hang on. I, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, fuck it. I'll just pull up the movie like we did for pull Sahara. Up, pull up the movie. Pull up the movie. Uh, I can't because it's on stars. Please pull. hold. I gotta pull up the clip. All right. We're gonna pull up the cast. I know you think you're right. I am so very The bad convinced. guy, yeah, there's two different fights in that joust. He fights one, and then it's Adamir's turn, and Adamir goes to fight the prince, and he forfeits. And then it's William's turn to fight the prince, and he fights him. Well, I need to look at his dad, too, because I wanted to know who his dad was. Christopher Kasnov. I feel like I know him, but I don't know. I gotta see if this is all the, like, whole scene, or... If not, we might just have to go on, and then during break, we'll go pull it up on the TV. Please hold. I'm... I'm... I'm getting upset! Getting, no, that's I'm, just the I'm, beginning. I'm to... getting I'm getting bothered. Getting hot and bothered about it, if I'm honest. You're gonna have to keep talking because it's gonna take me a while to find the right scene, because it's not a popular scene. Well, regardless. <sighs> Lord, basically a ton of tournament stuff goes on. And, uh, William is, like, half-courting Jocelyn. And he, he doesn't, he doesn't win. 
the tournament the way he wants to because Andamir withdrew. At some point, there's a billion tournaments. Andamir withdraws, and he gets so mad that even though he won, he gets so ragey that he yells at Jocelyn. And my note is that he he's he's too stupid to be horny because he got so mad that he forgot how to be horny. He won, and he got so mad that he didn't get to beat the guy he wanted to beat that he forgot how to be horny, which is crazy. That's crazy. Man, I'm already halfway through my notes. We've been going fast. Fast and loose. I mean, we can count this as a short episode and wrap here, and I can go prove that you're wrong. I mean, we might have to, because I'm... I am just furious. It's... I'm, I'm positive. Positive. Showing mercy. Yes. Now, if you look... This is not Prince Edward. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Look at his fucking... You can see it. I'll have to have it blown up on the screen. It's the same scar. It's the same scar on his right cheek. An X on his right cheek. That's the scar that the prince has. The prince has that scar. And it's, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now. If we blow it up on our big screen TV, which we will do during the break... You're gonna see it's the fucking prince. Let me see what this guy's name is, and then I will Google. Because this knight has a different name than the knight that the prince used. No. In the Wikipedia plot, it details it. I'm fucking right. It doesn't detail this fight where he shows him mercy. I it just does. read the fucking plot. The Wikipedia plot. I just read the Wikipedia plot. It talks about his fight with Sir Edward or Prince Edward, but it does not talk about the, this fight. Would you like me to read it? I'll do it. I'll do it right now. <laughs> well the thing is that can't okay I hear you but it can't be the same fight because those are it's two different jousts it's yes. two different tournaments two full different tournaments I'm getting my tournaments mixed up but he fights Sir Thomas Coville two times two times he fights Sir Thomas Coville the first time during competition William's armor is badly damaged. He goads Kate, a female blacksmith, into repairing it without payment. He wins the tournament's sword event, enabling him to pay Chaucer's debt. In the joust, he faces Sir Thomas Colville, who withdraws from the tournament after being injured by William, though they exchange a ceremonial pass so that Colville can retain the honor of never having failed to complete a match. Great, that happens. Later, Kate joins William's party and forges new lightweight armor. In the following tournament, Adamar and William are both assigned to tilt against Sir Thomas Colville. But they learn that he is actually Prince Edward, 
Unwilling to risk harming the future king, Adamar withdraws, William beats him, and I'm fucking right! right. I just fact-checked him. With that, we will end episode one of A Knight's Tale with James standing victoriously in the hallway off-screen. Um, and I learned a new thing. I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. I learned a new thing. I thought it was two different people. James paid attention to detail, and it was apparently the same person. He is looking so proud of himself. We will be back following that with part two of A Knight's Tale. And I will also put up the vote for in chat or for live viewers right now. Until next time, I'm America. And hi, it's me, James.